Hi, this is Hetty. And this is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real, Real World. World. So, on our last episode, we had a super great guest, Julian Wang, and we promised you a repeat. And so... Well, because he had so much great information to share, we didn't have enough time. Um, so we do have him back, so we're really grateful that he's back. Um, we kind of want to recap a little bit, though, on some of the stuff that uh, we were talking about with him, so that way, when he jumps in to talk... You kind of know where he's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that we wanted to talk about just real quickly is um, just the concept of advocacy and, and what we mean by that. Um, and so really the definition that we're working from is um, that advocacy represents the series of actions taken and issues highlighted to change the what is into what should be, considering that this what should be is a more decent and a more just society. So um, there's all sorts of different sorts of advocacy work, different sorts of advocates. Um, and we asked Julian to come so that he could talk about self-advocacy specifically. And so maybe we should talk about these principles of self-advocacy just so that everybody feels kind of grounded in that. Right. And um, and these are, you know, things that we've come up with and that we found too that we think are great principles. So um, empowerment, equal opportunity, learning and living together. Um, institutions are bad for people and non-labeling. Um, every time I read that institutions are bad for people, it's hard for me not to laugh because I'm like, hello. <laughs> I know, but you know, just recently, yeah. the issue has been kind of like stirred, stirred up, up again. again. Yes. You know, like we, maybe we need more institutions. And um, really the truth is, is that institutions are very very detrimental bad. to people so we wouldn't want to go there um the last time julian was here he shared with us that he had been awarded um Fellow. a fellowship with sartac which is the self-advocacy resource and assist technical assistance center it's kind of a long name um but it's really a big deal like it's a national award and there's five or six people every year mm -hmm. who receive the reward and it's really to fund um research and projects that are important to um, people who have a variety of disabilities. So um, one thing that we'd like to do is give our, um, Julian an opportunity to talk about the work that he's doing with Sartac. Um, so without further ado, Julian. <laughs> so welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. We're glad to have you. So you received this fellowship, mm -hmm. um, and next fall you'll be presenting your findings at a yep. national conference. At right? a national conference that will take place in Colorado. Colorado, and it's through self advocates becoming empowered. Um, and we just wanted to read just a tiny bit to kind of give you an idea of what the project is about. So, and this this is just your project, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. There, there are every year. There's so far, there are six fellows, and it's out of that many applications through that. So, if you go onto the Sartech, so it's uh, selfadvocacyinfo.org. Yes. Uh, I have to read it from a glance. Um, but there are a list of fellows from different states that have oh, awarded this grant. And it's a $5,000 grant, per, and then it's done over a year. So, um, and that's a lot of money, but yeah. it, it just helped push people towards their, because you're working 
and doing research or doing things like that. And it's very, um, this is, I would say this is a credential that's very hard to find, especially in the disability community that you've been associated with the, um, um, a fellowship through such an organization. Mm-hmm. And it gives a sounding board for pe- people like me that have disabilities. We drive the projects, we choose who we want our hosts, as long as they're uh, an organization with people with disabilities uh, that support people with disabilities, that would be the host. Okay. And then uh, the fellow is a person with a disability. So, okay. So that gives the fellow drives the whole thing. It's just what supports are needed and stuff like that. So who's your host agency local? Locally, right now, it's the Arc of Lerman County. Okay. So, and every different fellow has different varieties. Some some people have used, like you said, and some people have used DD councils or a business or something. It's just wide range. Um, And the project comes available every every November um, for open applications. So I would say anybody that's really interested in wanting to do a fellowship or got a good idea and project, submit them regardless. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get picked, at least you can say that you've been attempted. Right, you know. try. Um, so I think that if we read the pro- purpose of Julian's project, it will really show his heart and how really passionate he is about self-advocacy. Right. Um, his project is going to look at why youth and young adults with intellectual disabilities are not joining self-advocacy movements. Um, It will find barriers to youth and young adults' participation in those self-advocacy groups. And so I think that just really highlights um, how you value um, your your ability to share your voice, right? Mm -hmm. And And your story. Yeah. yeah. Um, So what what we'd really love is if you would just kind of tell us where you're at in that work, what you're learning, um, what your what your barriers to getting the work done are, yeah, um, and to just really kind of create some awareness around yeah. that. So, um, so let's figure out what age group I'm working with. Sure. So I am mostly looking at high school and transition age. So the def- definition of transition is usually uh, your. Fr- starting at your freshman year all the way up to 21 and some some states have other negalities when you say changes. freshman year though i just want to make sure everybody understands freshman high school ninth yes. grade. okay not college okay so yeah. like 14 15 14 15 to yeah okay um and then yes you could look into college in some sense but we've not really usually by then they already have that sounding board or they already have some kind of maturity in that of uh, doing self-advocacy or they're already doing something themselves. So the biggest thing right now is trying to build up younger leaders to join the self-advocacy movement. And that's the hardest thing is trying to find those leaders. leaders. As the last podcast, we sort of said, um, a lot of the, the biggest thing is being in a age environment friendly area mm-hmm. like um, when you are dealing with bigger issues or smaller issues or let's say 
Um, I don't want to be with somebody that's 19 that's and that other person's like 25. Right. There's such a demographic change Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are very but it can also be time management of hey we can't uh, it's so hard to get into the schools or is it something that's like um mm, like it could be schedule scheduling Mm -hmm. uh, outside school day or maybe it could also be parents that could be the barrier because what their schedules are and other things that that transportation getting to and from or there, there's a variety of barriers that could cause a, a person with, with a disability that wants to be included in self-advocacy mm-hmm. that can be done um, blocking them from coming to an organization or a thing or just not there's no awareness about organizations locally and nationally. So, so far, what have you found to be either the barriers that you're seeing with the youth that you're working with or even barriers yourself that you've seen? I think my, my biggest barrier, my project is getting into the schools because okay. um, a lot of it is the review process and there's a lot of red tape mm-hmm. in the in, in fact that they want to make sure that you're doing what you're doing. With, there's so much legality of protections of youth and what you can do and what you can't do so it's just the complexity of just getting my survey in there and that's mm-hmm. what I'm right now I, was trying, I got the survey done now I just have to get that information sure but would a young person who'd be interested in responding to your survey be able to just contact you directly yeah. and do that um, 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 right now I don't have the survey uh, link live live yet we're still just trying to figure stuff out but mm-hmm. it'd be like if there's any interest um please contact the arc of Lerma county and say hey you um you heard about julian's uh fellowship research stuff is there a way that i can give input or we can okay. reach out to you um the other great thing right now i would say with that fellowship is it's just a current need, you know. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot, um, a lot of older people are fading out, or um, mental, uh, the health situation of them are not that great. Or it could be there are bigger issues that are impacting people with disabilities, and we need more younger voices and younger self advocates to become part of that community. Do you feel like there are already organizations in place that would be open and welcoming and useful to say like a 14 year old kid, you know, like um, a 14 year old kid mm-hmm. came to like a people first meeting is not going to be I would useful say, for that? I, I would say generally, generally it depends on that leadership okay. of, the, of that organization. And, and I think a lot, the other barrier is parents because they want so they, they want to know if there's support for that kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think there's hesitation on both sides. Because there's, right. I, and then the other thing is also in in the school system, is there any curriculum that teaches self-advocacy and all the disability rules and different changes? A lot of it's very based on, hey, you need to get employed, get out of here. You know, you know that's a really great point because I know that um, a lot of times, and, and for my own son, right, self-advocacy is a goal 
in his IEP. Um, however, that's a really great point is how is he going to learn stuff out of this? What, what, like, there's, is there a course? There, yeah. yeah, there's not, I don't right. think there's a course or a curriculum say, for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it really is kind of incumbent on parents and maybe educators, but then they're kind of Dancing shooting their well. own spin on right. what yes. self-advocacy is, right? right? standard right. level of, hey, you know, this is, this is what Medicaid is, this is what the, right. the, the, the right. like, it's just like, hmm. But like, really the first skill around self-advocacy, before we came on air, you were talking about the idea of individual self-advocacy and systems advocacy, right? Yeah. So really like the first thing that kid needs to learn is how to just stand up and say, this is what I need. Right. Exactly. Right. And is that even in place for most kids to be taught how to stand up and say, this is what I need? Um, I would say, um, here, here's a, like when you guys heard my story about me advocating for, um, when I be on an airplane to my parents, mm-hmm. you know, how does that affect you, you know, uh, as parents? You know. Right. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, honestly, like my first response as a mom would be, mm, I don't think that that was <laughs> a good idea. idea. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so then that makes me kind of mm-hmm. grapple with the idea that that I'm a barrier, right? right? That it's not just that systems are a barrier or that a particular teacher is a barrier or, or that, that your own this child or that, is a right? It's but that like, maybe like I'm the first barrier that my kid has to jump over, yeah. right? And Julian, to be quite honest, um, Hedy and I have had numerous conversations about that comment since our last podcast because crying, crying, <laughs> yeah, like oh my gosh, like. How many times has have have I been a barrier, right? Or how many times has Hetty been a barrier? And mm-hmm. like, and I think you know the first step is awareness, right? And realizing that you know what, there's times that I'm a barrier, mm-hmm. and then and then also owning that, right? Yeah. And being like, okay, and then you know when this happens, like having that time in those moments, and what you talked about with your parents, I think is. Brilliant too, when you're talking about it t- a little bit earlier today too, before we went on air about, you know, if they don't think it's a great idea, being able to have those conversations with you too on why they don't think it's a good idea, and then giving you that opportunity and that voice to say, okay, I hear you, and this is my take on it, right? Or I'm, I'm just going to do it regardless. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and you can't, I mean, that can happen. Yeah, 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 you're obviously, yeah, and you're obviously older than our children at this point, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, you have your own place, and there's things that you're going to just be like, I'm going to do it because I want. I'm an adult, right? Yeah. Um, but you're right, and I just think it's really important. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about circle of support, too, because you mentioned that, too. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by circle of support for those that are listening? So a circle of support would be either it could be a friend, it could be... Parent, other parents that you could talk to outside your parents or or it could be your parents it could be it varies on the situation and what what that person's circle is like my circle of support is my um support staff my uh community center board um staff case manager it my relationship with the local arc it could be other people just in my church environment it could be people in my self-advocacy group that have had more experience or da 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 it it really depends so i would say for parents what 
what is your like it's different kind of circle of support versus a person with a disability you know right. I would say like you guys have each other and you guys have said that you guys have had multiple discussions about things yeah you guys have found it but the thing is like for me I lived in um, Kansas City in Lee Summit um, during that time it was a lot of it it was a teacher or a, a um, um, some other individual that was in my church environment or somebody else. There was just like a variety of different people that came at the right time or maybe could have been earlier, <laughs> you know, you're, you're wishing, but it's just that concept of, oh, okay, I have somebody now. And it's like, I was saying off air, um, it was like my bath, um, varsity men's basketball coach was a role model to me in a different way that was not self-advocacy driven at all. He was just some, he was there to talk sports and have fun and during lunchtime. But he was very like, he saw me as an individual also while in gym class, but he also knew the challenges that I was dealing with. But what unified us was that time on the basketball court, but also he took time out of his time to go and grab ice cream together and just say, hey, what, what can I pray for you for? Or what can I do, you know, as, as an individual? And that, like, when he came to my Special Olympics game, and he, like, it gave him such a um, grounding of, oh, I'm yelling at my varsity boys guys the same problem of hands up, dribble, you know. Right. He was just, like, he got to enjoy basketball in a whole different manner after that. It was like, right. it was really cool. But you don't necessarily get that all the time. Right. But there's, I think, I think as parents and other people that are listening as support too, it's just being opening, be, being open to taking those risks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing. So, I think the biggest thing is if it's in school employment, it would be your job coach and your right. managers and other people like that. But there's also some things that are just totally out of your control. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing that you mentioned off air too was uh, someone that cares. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and and the, the basketball coach was a prime example, right? Like he um, would talk to you during lunch at, about sports or whatever, and then. He also went outside of school and saw you play a game, right? Like, yeah. And I think a lot of times people forget the value of coaches sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like even even my middle son, his baseball coach was fantastic and um, and was like, hey, I want to come watch you play football. Yeah. Like, I mean, how great is that? Not even the same sport, right? Yeah. But it's just those little connections, right? Yeah. So, great. so those... I, uh, Coaches or mm-hmm. our life coaches, really. Right. It doesn't have to be sports driven. It can be right. like piano teacher or something. Like that. Right. I think that anytime like somebody um, is willing to uh, really step into another person's mm-hmm. life, you know, like we we're really experiencing that now with Cora's um, case manager from elementary school, right? Right. But she's like really like taking this step into our lives beyond you know core's not even in her building anymore right. and um she 
wants to maintain that relationship with our family and with our daughter because she cares about right. Gora. And, you know, what she gets in return really is just like this pure unabashed love and adoration from my daughter, right? right? Like that's what she gets yeah. is this relationship. And so, but, but can I say this, that as a parent, it is really hard to always be open to, to letting your child take a risk, right? And oh, letting, in letting other people become part of their circle of support because you see all of these um, possibilities, right? All of these scenarios where your kid is rejected or right. this bad thing happens or and so it can feel really good to like keep your kid's circle of support like right, right. <laughs> like right in your arms right tight. like yeah. I am my kid's circle of support right. but but for the long haul that's not no, that's, that's not, not beneficial it is yeah. not and even good for your kid right well and it kind of goes back to that thing about it takes a village right like mm -hmm. and um and it doesn't matter right what that kid needs are a village is a village is a village right <laughs> so like i think that's important to keep in mind too and um and i feel that i need to give a shout out to brady's previous teachers too because if they're listening i don't want them to be like hey i still have relationships with brady too <laughs> um, yeah. so uh his elementary caseworker is amazing and also he just started high school and his preschool teacher who lives in virginia actually um, posted pictures of him in preschool and was like, this guy started starting his freshman year. And I was like, oh my gosh. So to all of those that support our, our children and our loved ones daily, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like we can't be more right. blessed, I think, by that. Um, I think it'd be great though if you could um, just like, just give us like advice. Like right. I'm a young person. And I have really realized that I want to have a voice, but there's not a curriculum, right? Right? It's not out there. And so what do I do? How do I start to develop those self-advocacy skills? I got there it came. Okay. Um, and then beyond that, like, like to parents, mm -hmm. what do we do to help yeah. our kids develop those skills that are really going to like carry them who knows where throughout their whole lives? For young kids or young adults or people that are in that community of camp that, or people that are not people with disabilities but they are supporting a person with a disability that's in that same age group, just love on them. Just be, um, just give them that friendliness that that the good stuff, you know. But also, I think the other thing is come around when there's a time of need. Let's say in in high school or whatever it is. If they're gang bullied, stay stand up to them, or being that friend at lunch by sitting by them, or it could be hey, you know, just giving like inviting them to a birthday party. Or think like if you're going to invite them to a birthday party and they're in a wheelchair, think about the location that you're in. Mm -hmm. Is it accessible? Just those simple gestures, it will go a mile away. Just allow them to be feel included and being part of that community. It starts in the classroom, and 
The next thing, parents. Okay, <laughs> it's it, it's um, it's okay for your child to fail. I failed. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say that, but we've all failed. But also love on them and be just being willing there to cash it out or or just love on them, but still go. Okay, I know that you really did not like this, but <laughs> we are gonna work. Let's keep working at it. You know, just keep or. Let's say, for example, they've had a hard day. Just being there and just going, okay, you had a bad day. How can I make you feel better? Like, is it just like, okay, I'm gonna watch a movie with you, or is it just being that comfort support as parents? I think that's the biggest thing. And then I would also look at people that are supporting people with disabilities. I mean. Support parents, but also the people with disabilities. How do you support them? You may not know the curriculum. You don't know what to do. You, you have no answer. It's okay to ask those individuals and parents. What did I do wrong? Right. Did I fail, or did I? Is there something that I can improve? Just by I bet you. Let's say, let's do a quick role model. Let's say, um, Tina. Let's say I saw Brady and then I was being rough on him. Like you would have corrected me, like, but is it was that that correction justified or was that not? Right. At the moment, it's justified. Right. But maybe pulling that person aside, thinking I was a bit rough, you know. Right. But he likes that physical. Um, that's okay. Right. So I think that's the biggest question is. Um. Reevaluating everything and then giving them a space to be them, because I think that's the hardest thing that you can teach a child is how to how does Kara and Brady and other people be? They're they're always going to be kids at heart. So how do you recognize that that they're they're so there's an inner child? <laughs> but but the other thing is maybe it's like okay, simple step sleepover. All right. If it goes great, keep going.、Mm-hmm. If not, that's fine.、Um, maybe it's like going to a movie and just saying, "Hey, I'll pick you up at eight."、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's very big steps. Or it's like, "Hey, what what kind of meal do you want? Is it chicken, beef, or steak?" You know,、mm-hmm. just simple. Like, of course, that's all meat. But you know, just by simple. Being that role model, giving them that opportunity of just picking, and let them advocate. But I think the other thing is,、um, there are other great organizations and other things and other things, and it's so hard to read between the lines of what their intent is. As research divide,、uh, is king of king. You know, when it comes to parents, you guys research every little nut and cranny before you have a kid. But how much of it is true? It's very individual. Right.、It's、that does not、true. mean that he's going to flip his hands and whatever. Oh no, that's really accurate. It's like not、that. very not not always going to be accurate. It may、right. be accurate for a phase of your life. Right. But I think that the hardest thing is we imagine we keep that one phase in our brains and forever. then forever. Yeah, it's fair. Julian, well, we're running out of time. 
And I didn't even tell you, and if you don't have this, it's okay. It just came to my head. Like, Hedy doesn't even know what I'm going to say right now. Um, But we've talked about doing WTF moments. And do you know what that is? Yeah. Not necessarily. Like, uh, what the, what the, what the world? What the heck just happened, right? Yeah. Um, Do you think maybe you could share one in, like, 30 seconds or less of something that's happened to you that you were like, what the heck, did that really just happen? Well, I think the biggest one that I just um, and dumped around it on is just the event, uh, thing that I just did. I went to Salt Lake City for uh-huh. the United Nations Conference and spoke at a table. Uh, uh, a panel, right? Panel. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, how did I get to this national state? Like, opportunity. And it's right. like, not many people get this credential. No kidding. But it's like, okay, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> like the biggest question I think we can laugh later, like down the road and go I told you you would do, be okay well, yeah. or you're, you're, you're being a great speaker now they'll be just making really, uh, money but, but right, right. so the big thing for you in that moment was WTF how did I get here right yeah. but you yeah. did great I, I saw you the next day um, well we gotta wrap up so thank you for being here Again. Again, yes. <laughs> um, and if you're interested in helping Julian with his work, um, contact the Arc of Larimer County. Um, you can go right online and find their phone number, and I'm sure that they'll be able to help you. And so this is Hetty. This is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real, real world. world.